hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. We can do this. Here it is, the Modern Eater Show, live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado tonight. We had quite the uh, run out and about on the road. Yeah, we haven't been in this kitchen in a long time. It feels it's been a while, like. and people have been on vacation, but coming back around, we're heading into the home stretch of fall and then into winter, and that's when people... Uh, really hunker down on their food and beverage. I'm Greg Hollenbach along with Brian Freeman. Hello. Good evening, good evening. Jay Parker's here with us. Uh, Little Rich Schneider, he is back from Mexico, and I hope to see him tonight. Davery's off uh, tonight as well. So here we are in the kitchen. we got a great show. But what I want to do first, Brian, before we talk about who's on the show tonight, is kind of explain to new listeners. So we have a, a, a new show that's before the Modern Eater show, Kin Moon Around the House. He's been a he's a legend on KHAL. He's been on uh, for many, many years. His audience, welcome to the Modern Eater show. But how would you describe the Modern Eater show, folks, to folks that have never heard it or maybe just uh, in Denver for the first time and now getting to know this state? I always refer to us as like a food and beverage entertainment company. Basically, what we do is is we embrace all things hyper-local here in Colorado. We're really hyper-focused on all the booze, beverage, farms, restaurants, different purveyors, all kinds of things Colorado. We go deep. Some of us, we have energy company people because we're helping chefs. It's all about connections. And that's what I think we do over here. I describe it as a uh, oatmeal cookie <laughs> that uh, you take a bite out of. It turns in, it's like, that's a chocolate chip cookie. And then you figure out about 45 minutes, no, it's inedible. That's about <laughs> how the Modern Eater Show goes. Uh, truly, for folks that are just tuning in for the first time, the Modern Eater Show, we're all about hyper-local community, small businesses, and agriculture. We love the state of Colorado, and there's so much to offer. And Brian, you being the authority and a man that I say has forgotten more about produce than I'll ever know, uh, you are one of those folks that's a champion of the farmers. We travel the state. You work with many of these farms. And just the ability to take these one-off farms that have great produce and do great things with what they're doing. To bring it back to the to the folks here and distribute it through Growers Organic is really a great work that you do. Oh, I feel privileged. I mean, that's something that I started with a couple of Colorado farmers a long time ago. Um, yeah, you know, thank you for all those accolades. It's uh, I feel just lucky. You know, I'll tell you, Colorado's been great to me. All the farmers, uh, you know, really, the it's just the salt of the earth people that I've been able to connect with since I've come here. And um, have just have embraced it because to me that was you know it was all around organic and people taking care of you know the land mm -hmm. and really regenerating the soil and doing everything that they could to um bring more life to this planet really well relationship based truly because that's what you do best is build these relationships with farmers and time and time again we hear from the farmers that say if it wasn't for brian freeman i don't know how we'd still be in business and that's a great thing that you do Thank tonight's you. show is a big one tomorrow the chili cook-off now you've gone with us to um, joy yeah. wine and spirits chili cook-off in their parking lot off sixth yeah. avenue that's a fun event year after year but it gets a chance to highlight a bunch of restaurants and then also amateur chefs to come in and do chili recipes Beyond that, it's kind of a neighborhood affair. People get together, have delicious chili recipes, and then, of course, it's in the 
parking lot of a liquor store. So there's going to yeah. be plenty of uh, spirits and beer. And uh, we just continue to do that over and over again each and every year. So Carolyn Joy uh, Fortna will be with us. Joy Wine and Spirits at 6.15. She Here actually she just is. walked, she just walked the in. Door I love it. At 6.30. Yep. Here it is. And this is the winner of uh, last year's restaurant. Uh, entry for the chili cook-off and Rick Sharman from Uno Mas is here with us as well and then in the next hour this is some of our favorite stuff to talk about but did you know how interesting ice can be? Uh, Yes I do actually. I do. I love ice. And actually, I just had some Hawaiian shaved, which I'll uh, we'll, we'll see what we can talk to Isomatic about tonight. But we've got a, a, a new friend in the house. Brittany well. Stanley will join us at 7 p.m. here on the Modern Eater Show. And from Isomatic and then not, last but not least, Ron Johnson, the new friend of the show from Broken Arrow Distillery. will join us for booze in the news. All the booze news you can use. So if that's not a full lineup, I don't know what is. We're going to take care of business right now. Our sponsors, we have to talk about our sponsors before we go to break. When you hear the commercials here on the Modern Eater Show, this isn't the national spots that you're hearing from iHeart. You're going to hear from sponsors that are uh, true to us, near and dear to our hearts. That small small businesses that are very hyper local and through a vetting system we've come to find a collaboration of sponsors that have the same ethos that believe in the same things as us here at the Modern Eater. So when you hear these commercials, a lot of love and care goes into them, but their businesses really, if you need their services, I would say go local and buy local. We'll be back in a flash from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Check out our social media reviews, then come in and see what everyone's talking about. We're at 67th and Pecos in North Denver, about 10 minutes north of downtown. With the holidays coming up, we'll soon be releasing some very special beers, including our famous Belgian-style champagne beer. Planning a holiday party or family get-together? Brews Beers has everything you need to make it a great event. Brews Beers, spelled B-R-U-Z, 1675 West 67th Avenue in Denver. Check us out at brewsbeers.com. We're dog-friendly with food trucks every day. So come on in and experience some Belgian-style badassery. Hey, Colorado. This is Brian Freeman, owner of Growers Organic and a host on the Modern Eater Talk Show. Growers Organic is a Colorado sourcing company who provides Colorado's greatest chefs with the best organic produce. I've been partnering with local and regional farms for the last 20 years, and our returning customers know they can count on us over and over again. Chefs who receive the highest rating on Good Food 100 choose Growers Organic for their organic produce needs because we're experts at bridging the gap between the farm and the table. Join us in the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Breck, raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com. Hey, this is Brother Luck from Colorado Springs. All right, you ready? <laughs> Owner of Four My Brother Luck and Lucky Dumpling. I mean, he's, he's a very, very impressive man. And you're rocking with the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Okay, cool. We're back at it from Studio Kitchen Colorado right now. Greg Holland back and Brian Freeman uh, continuing on. And as we're looking forward to tomorrow, because it signifies kind of my start of fall, and it's every year. 
It's the chili cook-off from Joy Wine and Spears. How are you, Carolyn? I'm doing fabulous, thank you. Carolyn Joy Fortnow, and um, how many years running now has so this So this is our ninth year, and I, it's so funny because I just had a vendor come yesterday, and he said, so how much margarita mix do I need? And I'm like, well, we're going to have about like 900, 1,000 people. He's like, what? How many cups? <laughs> how much tequila? A lot. Yeah. A lot of tequila. So it's grown. So nine years, and, you know, every single year it seems to get a little bit bigger, but I don't know how much bigger you'd even want it. Yeah, um, we're kind of getting to our capacity right now, although I have noticed a lot of poachers out there lately doing the chili cook-off thing. Sure. That, <laughs> but I, I have to say we have the best. I mean, there's no way you can compete with our restaurants. Well, I want to hear all those restaurants. Good evening. Oh, my and welcome. Goodness. Hello. Well, I'm going to have to to really jog my memory. We have about 20 of them. Well, let's set the stage. So for folks that don't know, number one, introduce yourself and uh, what you do. So I'm Carolyn Joy, and I own Joy Wine and Spirits down on 6th and Marion. And I've been doing that for about 25 years. It's been in my family. as It was originally a pharmacy since 1963. So I started dusting shelves and running across the street to get my dad coffee and a newspaper when it was 15 cents. Not something else. Yeah, it's really changed. It was a little different when I was a kid. I ran down to the uh, House of Pies on 8th in Colorado to get my mom uh, merit <laughs> ultralights right. out of the oh, yeah. machine, out of the vending machine. <laughs> yeah. which yeah. were 75 cents or a dollar, oh, something yeah. like that. And uh, just to see the neighborhoods change. But what an institution. Um, I, mean, I think a landmark is Joy Wine and Spirits right there on 6th Avenue. What's the cross street? It's on Marion. It's so on we're, Marion. Yeah, 13 blocks uh, east of Broadway. Yeah, I just know east of Broadway and uh, west of University. <laughs> That's right. kind of yeah, kind of smack dab in the middle. Right of that there in the middle. And so been there for a long time. What'd you say, 35 years? Uh, no, 1963. So wow. 56 years. Holy cow! Got to do my math. I love the yes, business right. end of that. Okay, you, thank you. You guys <laughs> own the building. Mm-mm-mm. No? No. Can you imagine wow. paying rent no. for 56 years? But we have worked with the same family. I've tried and tried. I have a first right of refusal, so don't get anxious, anybody out there. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. Yeah, that's right. And I couldn't see you going anywhere anyway. We're streaming live on, live on Facebook as well, and we're going to show some delicious chili. I think it's the chili from Uno Moss that won last year. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and it was really interesting because it was a pretty straightforward chili. We've had some really interesting ones with different um, garnishes like sorbet or uh, homemade tamales one year. Um and all sorts of creme fraiche and well, really and you've had big things. chefs like Alex. Yeah, Alex I mean, Seidel. Seidel yeah. has been there for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been and the, and the boys from Barolo, I think, too, aren't they? Or no? They're not they? here this year. They've passed a couple years, unfortunately. But we have table six. Aaron comes down and he brings Proximus Tequila. We have Potage. Eileen and Paul are the new owners yep. over there. Yep, that's exciting. Yep, yep they'll really be there. Exciting. And Eileen is about ready to have a baby, so I doubt she's going to be there. <laughs> she is. But that chili will get it moving. <laughs> I know, that's what I said. I said she should come and eat lots of chili and walk around, and for sure. Yeah, that's for sure, gonna, and that will be the day. And then it's on it your chili. Uh, your yeah, chili. exactly, <laughs> every year. That'd be the birthday. Fun. It's yeah. funny you just um, touched on it, but kind of the adjuncts of the, what folks are doing with their chili now. And I think you want to stand out a little bit, but really the base of good chili is good chili. And then you start from there. What's some of the oddest chili that you've seen people put together? Uh, clams. 
we clam had clam, chili. clam and chili. Yeah, it worked pretty well. Did it really? Yeah, um, the clam part was memorable. I'll bet, I'll bet <laughs> it was. Now last year I judged the amateurs. Yeah. And I think there were probably 30 entries that came across the, the yeah. table, and it it was it was an interesting thing to see that many chilies come across. And you guys do such a great job of getting the chilies; they're all numbered. It's a blind tasting, so you don't know who's who or what's what. Um, but the amount of variations that were out there, it was pretty astounding. I think one of them there was a fish chili that was out, and it just caught me off guard. But then you really try and take it for the spirit of what it is, you know. Uh, it's still got to be good. Chili is. Yeah. Well, I think, the in, you know, what you have to have, though, is you have to have some chili in there. You have to have something that tastes like either chili yeah. powder, green chilies, some sort of chili component, because sometimes it can be sort of brothy or too tomatoey or, um, you know, like an Italian influence or a different influence, but you still need chili, chili. in there yeah, at the end of the day. The, yep. It's got to have some, some chili in it. So. Do you have a favorite chili recipe? I was going to ask that, yeah. Uh, you know, I am not a recipe person. I have all these great cookbooks, but I really kind of cook by the seat of my pants. And so it's not very consistent. Um, but I, I do like to usually make green chili, although I make this great chili where you put um, chicken, ground chicken, ground pork, you know, cumin, cilantro, chicken broth, garlic, onions, and you finish it off with a lot of lime juice, and it's really tangy. Sounds and chipotle. Good. Sounds good. You don't enter, though, do you? I don't, no. Well, chipotle is the smoke right there. Yeah, that the really smoke and the heat, yeah. and then you have the tang of the lime and the cilantro. It's, and, and you put white beans and uh, black beans in it. So accoutrements. Brian, cheese on your chili? I, it depends. It really depends on how, well, one, what kind of mood I'm in, yeah. but on how the chili comes out to me. If it if it's more if it's more soupy, then I tend to put cheese in it. If it's chunky and straightforward, I'm I'm more of like that hearty chili guy. Gotcha. But I will put I will tell you and I love Chopped to see onions. here. Oh yeah, well there should be plenty but of those and I, I I can throw a little extra in. Chopped fresh onions. Yeah, but I'm, you know what I'm gonna say that's over there right. and you're gonna it's gonna surprise you because I I'm so organic is the. Uh, the cheat or the Frito Lay, um, the Fritos. Fritos, yeah. I think Fritos are fun on chili for mm -hmm. sure. I do too. I mean, and the scoop with it, like that's a kid's yeah. dream right there. How about crumbled crackers? Yeah, when I was a kid, I used yeah, to have me that. Too. But saltines, you're talking though. Yeah, he's you're talking saltines. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. gotta call it what it is, because crackers <laughs> nowadays, man. <laughs> I'm not grinding up any like wheat thins or anything like that on no, my chili. No, rice I crackers. <laughs> yeah, or rice crackers yeah. or yeah. I thought it'd be a given. So in the uh, next segment, we're gonna catch up with Rick uh, Sharman from Uno Mas, and uh, this is his recipe. Do you know? I think it is, yeah. Patrick, um, who owns those restaurants, or at least is a yeah. partner in those restaurants, he's pretty laissez-faire, so I bet he lets... Because one time, um, I forget who it was. Oh, he serves rabbit on um, Easter. Oh, really? <laughs> As a joke, kind Interesting. of. Interesting. Kind of. But, yeah, Patrick, and Patrick's a big fal falconeer, uh -huh. so he gets a lot of rabbit. I don't know if he serves that at his restaurant, but it was just kind of tongue-in-cheek. That So I'm just saying he lets his chef have a lot of liberties. leeway and liberties. Yes. Yeah. Patrick is one of those interesting guys in, in, I don't know, Pearl Street, the Baron of Pearl Street. I don't even know what you'd call him, but a falconeer, and uh, and he also is a, a, a psalm. 
he's a sommelier, and he's also um, a fly fisherman as Big well. Fly, yep. Instructor, the guy have, dabbles in anything. And, and Patrick, if you're listening, man, I'll heal up that ankle quickly because I know you're a guy that loves to run around, especially um, so hands-on with his restaurants yeah. as well. The highlights for tomorrow for me are the ring toss. Yeah. I mean, I go away with a bottle of wine every time, Carolyn. I don't know if this is just an easy thing to do or I'm just great at it. Well, we were saying that we are going to probably have to put a limit on the ring toss because we have some really great wine, like a lot of expensive bottles, over 100 bucks. And oh, really? Of, oh, yeah. A lot of very cool magnums. We have a three liter, um, a lot of really neat wine there. And then, of course, there's some that aren't as expensive because that's the whole Explain the layout. Having fun of it. Yeah, yeah. the whole so, point of the uh, ring toss. I guess the layout is is uh, you uh, tape back six feet to eight feet, maybe. Yeah, and and we were feet. saying, well, maybe this year we might have to like maybe a, increase oh. the distance a little bit because people. <laughs> One of my employees said, I swear there's this woman that must practice all year long you? because she goes through and, you know, she just sure. keeps getting bottles. So I said, well, we're probably going to have to put a limit on that. And there's some big bottles. There's some expensive wines there. I think there's also spirits as well. Aren't, is there? Yeah, we have a few spirits in there, some bottles of port. Some, yeah, you uh, just toss a ring out. Um but have to be 21 to play, or you, you just let the kid can do it, but it's going well, to the folks? Well, I think we probably, I was talking about this with my own children, who are almost 21, or getting up there now. And I said, you know, I just really don't think we are supposed to be doing that. So I think, I think I we're going to have to, you guys could, well, mm-hmm, no, I don't know anything, but. That's um, plausible deniability. Yeah, we're, and we will have uh, games for kids, mm-hmm. and um, we're trying to do some sort of ring toss that would be non-alcoholic we we get a lot of support from pizzeria locale uh-huh. they give us a lot of buy one get one free coupons for their pizza which is delicious nice and um so we can hand those out and t-shirts and swag swag um to kids and so we'll probably have a, a younger ring toss and then the adult <laughs> ring toss and then we're gonna have a cork pull where you get to pay 20 bucks and you'll get it, some bottle of wine, it might be a $10 bottle or it might be a $50 bottle. So we have some of those. You just roll the dice on that one, You huh? just pull a cork out of the nice. bag and see what you get if you're feeling lucky. So you're getting something, though, for yeah. your 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Right. and, you know, our distributors, most of them have supported us really well and a lot of the breweries and distilleries because they're getting asked all the time. But this is our one event that we do, and we really ask them to step up. The whole neighborhood really turns out for this, but it's a destination place. Uh, and again, on 6th and Marion, there's Troy Wine and Spirits, and the, just adjacent to that's your parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, pull up, find a place to park. That's one thing. I say I Uber. Right, yeah, I think it's a good idea to Uber. Just Uber in there because yeah. you're going to be enjoying everything. Right. Uh, not only that, but you have distilleries that pour, and you have breweries that pour yep. as well. Uh, and then I also think, is Ballesteri? pouring. Balistrieri yes. will be there, yep. And, and they're entering into the, the competition. Well, they unfortunately, they are the one restaurant that had to pull out because oh. um, they have too many things going on. Oh, really? But we still have plenty of um, restaurants. Well, you have Choice, Choice Market yep. is coming. Yeah, they're new this in, year. Yeah, that's a new, and they just opened their second grocery store over on 10th and Osage. Yeah. Um, cool, cool organization. Yeah, and they Choice also market. donated for, I think that might be part of one of our chef's prizes. So we've got lots of prizes for the home chefs and the professionals. And then we've got a whole silent auction area with, like, we have a Yeti cooler, Icelandic skis, um, a, a, a fly fishing guided tour from Trouts across the street from us. 
Wow. Mm. And and do you donate? Because you must get a bunch of money for all that. I mean, I'm going to come. Oh, I'm yeah. Give all, you... of, all the profits are donated. So are they? Lash, How cool? Yeah. I mean, our goal is to make at least 25000 So even if it's cold outside tomorrow, come on down because the chili's hot. We got cold beer. We got uh, wine. It's going to be a little perfect bit of temperature. To Carolyn, tell us, where, is, where does the donations go? So this year they're going to same cafe. Um, nice. That yeah. is super cool. So that we, is very cool. We pick a charity that we feel like the money that we raise is going to make a difference. And we also pick a needs-based charity where these are people that don't either have something to eat, you know, they need shelter, they need clothes, just basic needs because we get asked for so many donations throughout the year for the arts and dogs and disabilities. And, and we do donate a lot to those, and those are great charities. But I wanted to be able to pick one that these are local people that have needs that need to be met and so same cafe brings nutritious and delicious food you know via food truck or going out to places um, where they don't have access to that and then it also provides job training and an opportunity for people to learn how to cook and run restaurants and also a lot of volunteer opportunities there so it's really a cool model that they're actually um, putting up in other places as well that is great. Yeah, the money's really making a difference. I mean, it's like you see a huge impact from, you know, every dollar that Absolutely. you donate in, in that yeah. kind of situation. So that's super cool. Yeah, and it's all that local. Um, most of it is locally uh, grown food. It's uh, yep. oh, yeah. organic. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of gluten-free. Yeah. yeah. Really well. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So that was really fun to find them this year. Tomorrow, what time do we start? We start at noon. It ends at 4. Uh-huh. And um, the... Critics um, judging will be first, mm-hmm. and then your beans need to be in the jar by 2.45 or 3, depending on the home chef or the professional. Yeah, so everybody gets an allotment of beans yep. when they come in with uh, upon ticket price, get the allotment of beans, and then you go around. It's the honor system, and you put your bean where, you, where you'd like that, and... And uh, the winners are, it's its fun to, to watch uh, because a lot of them are surprised. I think last year, one of the biggest hits was the vegan chili. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember this, but I think one of the women that won, or at least she placed last year, and she was blind. I do remember that booth. Yeah. I do remember and that. And that was really cool because, and I it was her chili, and it was just like, everybody was like, oh, man, it was just I don't know how to explain it. You probably had to be there, but that yeah, was pretty heartwarming, neat. Heartwarming, mm-hmm. to say the least. So um, nine years, tomorrow's number nine. Is yep. that right? Mm-hmm. For, so noon to four, you're going to go with me, Brian? Yep. Okay. I'm going to go down there. Brian's gonna I'm going to bring the kids, too. I've got I've got my kids this weekend, and we're having fun. Oh, yeah. the, the kiddos love that for sure. Yeah. You're going to get your fill of chili, truly. I don't know that how you could possibly sample all of them. No, I think you would be feeling ill. Yeah. What's the What's the ticket price? <laughs> It's uh, twenty-five dollars. Twenty-five bucks yep. to get in. You can go online tonight, uh-huh. or uh, and we're gonna cut that off at some point because we gotta organize that list. And then um, in the store tomorrow, or at the uh, the front gate tomorrow. Do you pay less online? No. No. We did the uh, we did have a sale until yesterday, um, where it was twenty dollars, and now it's twenty-five, which is still a bargain. Yeah. It's not going to change your life, but it will change the lives of some others with that charity. Yep. Yep. And, and that is really what um, these types of things are all about, is community. And, and I know a lot of your reps um, from different companies do so much for you during these times of years, too. Are there any notables that you would like to thank? Yeah, definitely. Um, Elevation really uh, stepped up and Cerebral stepped up a lot. Um, 
the Waz always comes and Leopold's always comes. Um, Jason from Harvest, he brought a ton of wine this year, which was really nice. Um, Paul from Craft, and probably listeners may not know those names because they're distributors, but mm-hmm. they were really great in supporting us. Um, you know, there's there's you know 20 different breweries that have supported us, so we really do appreciate it. It's hard right now, I think, for a lot of breweries with the whole grocery store thing mm-hmm. because their their distribution has been thinned out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not necessarily the panacea that I think they imagined. Um, and then we have, like I said, the distilleries. 291 gave us some stuff. Breckenridge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. Uh, um, Peach Street. Yeah. In, in um, Nice Palisade. Palisade. Yep. It's so cool. And that's really what I love about this event is how hyper-local we are. And you stick with that theme. Um, throughout this chili cook-off, which is tomorrow. We'll be down there. Uh, encourage you to do so, too. Just get your ticket online. It's going to be easy for you. And um, we'll see. D- tickets. You also sell tickets at the door to be able to do different things like the ring toss, those types of things. Yes. So we have tickets. It's um, 10 tickets for $10 or 25 tickets for $20. And we have all sorts of different kinds of beer. And they're very reasonable. I mean, a lot of times you go to a festival or a game, it's yeah. really expensive, and you. we're not doing that. But we are, you know, raising money for the chili or for the charity. Yep. And then it's like a, a buck for the Jump Castle or something like that. One ticket. Sure. You're not allowed in there, Brian, <laughs> in the Jump Castle. There's a limit to that. Okay, uh, beyond that, we want to see it at the Chili Cook-Off. What, hard seltzer, what, what do you do with hard seltzer these days? Are you selling a lot of oh that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, that's a touchy subject for us. I know. Uh, you know, it's White Claw is actually going to be there. Yeah. Um, they reached out to us, and, and we're not going to say no to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people love hard seltzer. Yeah. I mean, people are going into that business trying to replicate what they're doing. Yep. And, um, you know, it's crisp, clean. Men and women are drinking it. What it's else a, is it, hot? What's a trend that's coming up? Saki. You know, we're doing a lot of sake. Good. I just did a sake dinner last night, and it's not cheap, the good stuff, but you will be amazed. Like, I drank sake when I was in college, and that was not a good <laughs> experience. That well, was not a good experience. That stuff back then was, like, and the hot. I mean, I, mean yeah. I never ordered the hot because you know it's the cheaper right. of the. Now, let me ask you, have you tried uh, Colorado sake? Yeah, actually, we had, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. They, they do hibiscus. Yes, um, yeah. We had them on the show, and they brought a few yeah. of their flavors. Yeah, yeah, we did have them. Yeah, and we do sell them. And uh, I think they're very refreshing and tasty. For a nice little local yeah. sake, yeah. I mean, it's surprising. Well, yeah. I think, you know, people are interested in coming to Colorado to produce sake because of our water. Mm. So what the water that you use is what really influences a lot of what the, the sake is about. That. Yeah, it's, it's about the rice and how it's milled and that whole process. But also water is very key. So. Last question. What's your go-to wine these days? Hmm. What are you drinking? I really, I love white burgundy. You know, I wouldn't say, I can never limit it to one. There's never one producer never. that I that I go for. But I you mean, like a good white burgundy, you know, which is like a good French. Uh, it's Chardonnay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah and it's real, I, like, but that's the real Chardonnay. I you do own a liquor boy. store, though. I just picture you kind of like, okay, what's up for tonight? Well, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely can't do that anymore. I think uh-huh. at one point, I, at one point, I would have like bottles galore on uh-huh. my counter, 
And my husband used to go crazy. Yeah. He would say, like, oh, my God, could we get rid of all this stuff on our <laughs> on our counter? Um, but now I usually only have one bottle. Although I will say, too, one thing I like to point out to customers is I use a Coravin. And so that helps me save the wine so I don't have to drink the whole bottle. Is that, is that what it is now? <laughs> we don't have that, so we have to drink sure. the whole well, no, I know you guys I, don't I, want I one, use but, those, you know, uh, I use little, The plastic pump thing yeah, I've used for vacuum. years. The vacuum. The yeah. vacuum. Yeah, yeah, I've used that for years. And I've always been happy with it because it, it works. But the Coravin is... Yeah, a, I mean, if you're going to kind of splurge on a nice bottle uh-huh. and you don't want to have the whole thing, then I, I um, use my Coravin, which it places an art gas in there, and I'm able to enjoy a glass yeah. of wine by myself. I have friends with it, and they tell me they love it. I mean, yeah. Carolyn so, Joy, thank you all, yeah. as always. Thank you. And we'll see really you tomorrow. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Uh, we're going to have the winner of last year's um, chili cook-off winner, and Rick Sharman is going to join us from Uno Mas. That's next right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website. TheModerneater.com. Hey, it's Greg Hollenbeck. Anymore these days, when I go out to eat, I not only want to eat delicious food and drinks, but I also want to eat where I know my money is going to a local restaurant that I believe in. I believe in The Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Mark Whistler. The Goods is a community restaurant and bar with a menu focusing on vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, and keto options. Comfort food lovers, try the best burger on planet Earth. I love it. Eight ounces of grass-fed beef and never, ever any hormones, antibiotics, or steroids. The Goods is truly a cultural melting pot, a family restaurant open to all. Their bar program is amazing. Saddle up at their long, luxurious bar, have a nice craft beer or a cocktail. Like their Facebook page and stay up on amazing events and specials going on throughout the week. Located on East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Across from East High School with free parking in a garage in back. Look them up online, The Goods restaurant.com I'll see you at the goods. Want to bake the best? Bake with the best. Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas and the Modern Eater. Our wraps fold cold and don't break open, yet they're soft and delicious. What's my secret? Ardent Mills. Organic, ancient, and heirloom grains like quinoa, spelt, and more. Locally headquartered in Denver, Colorado, Ardent Mills provides the industry's broadest range of traditional and organic flours, whole grains, customized blends, and specialty products dedicated to providing the culinary industry with the next grains and unique plant-based ingredients. I love Ardent Mills, and I know you will too. To bake the best, you must use the best. Learn more at ardentmills.com. Back to the show in just a second, you guys, but before we do that, I want to talk to you about bread and more specifically Aspen Baking Company. If you love bread, but you don't love preservatives or artificial colorings or chemicals, then aspenbaking.com is where you go want to go. Whether so if I love all the junk, the chemicals, I don't want Aspen. That's correct. Go away from that. Y- yeah. I mean, they've got bread at 7-Eleven, hot dog buns, and things like that. You're, you're, you can get some good chemicals in there. Okay, but, but not if, Aspen. But if you don't like them, then AspenBaking.com is, is, is what you want to research. You can get hoagies, focaccias, ciabattas, baguettes, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, pound cakes, coffee cakes, box lunches. Brian Freeman, you own a company where you cater uh, Yes, lunches, box lunches, and I love gluten, so I want. I Personally, I am one of those guys. I think gluten is good. You no, know, you're absolutely right, and that's where you go. It's Aspen Baking Company. I'm going to say the uh, the website one more time, and then we'll get back to the show. Are you ready? Get a, get a pen if you can't remember this, but it's pretty easy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm getting my pencil. You ready? Down, so. All right. It's uh, AspenBaking.com. 
My name is Chef Keegan Gerhardt, owner of D-Bar, and you're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Cool, back at it from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, uh, coming up the uh, home stretch of the 6 o'clock hour. And at 7 o'clock, we'll check in with Brittany Stanley and Isomatic and talk about all the things we love about ice. I love ice. I'm man. telling you, you know, I, you know, I, I'm all, I'm a geek on it because we I use a special ice, are. but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more. We'll dig into ice and Ron. We're, we're in chili right now. This yeah. is the hot side of this. Seven uh, <laughs> thirty. Ron Johnson will be on from Broken Arrow Distillery, and right now, in the meantime and in between time, here he is, and uh, Rick Sharman. Have that right, Rick? Yeah, that's right. Oh, perfect. Uno Mas. And uh, we here, word on the street, is last year this was the winning chili over there. That the- it was. So I got in a chili competition about two years ago. This is my third year in it. Uh, the first year I took second place. Uh, second year I took first place. So hopefully defending my title this year. That's, nice, well, that's nice. crazy, just that consistency, man. Awesome. man. Are we going to hear some secrets here tonight? We have some of your delicious chili if you're I on Facebook. I watched you make it, man. I wrote it all down. <laughs> no, you did I was spying. From around the corner. He's at my house last night looking <laughs> over the fence. <laughs> Rewinding the tapes. <laughs> that looks like this. So first of all, your passion for chili, do you have one or are you just a damn good chili cook? So I've grown up in Texas, you know, chili's life down there. And I always, you know, being a cook coming from Texas, I always figured I got to have my, I got to have a chili recipe. And so through the years, I made chili a bunch of different ways. I tried this. I tried different meats. And so eventually, it kind of over time, just came together to where I finally came up with a recipe. I was like, okay, this is it. This is my chili recipe. When I have kids, this is what I'm going to kick down. And this is how I'm making chili for the rest of my life. <laughs> Luckily, I happened to come up with that recipe right before the first chili cook-off. So that just kind of was convenient. Is it that microphone over there? Yeah, could you just put it underneath there so it's not on the table? There you go. There you go. Now it's done. There, I fixed it. So with the chili, I made. Um, I wanted to just kind of keep it simple. Before I was using a lot of different produce and a lot of different the different meats and whatever. So I was like, you know what? Scratch all that. Let's just keep it simple. So um, what I did on this one and how it's different from the other chilies I've ever made is that I actually cooked the meat separate from the chili. I was finding a lot of problems when you were making when it, like stew meat and whatnot. Uh, some pieces would be tender, some pieces would be tough, just because of the sizes and the differences in the way meat cooks. Plus, it would pull the flavor from the meat as well, right? Yeah. Leaving it. So what I decided to do was like, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and do this completely different. So what I do now is I actually will smoke a brisket, Texas-style smoke, oak, salt, pepper, super simple. Smoke it for about 12 hours till it's about you know 203, 205 temp. Uh, let it cool. And then make the chili separate, which is just uh, the only real produce, um, I mean, vegetable in there is going to be the onion. Everything else is seasoning, chili powders, onion powder, uh, cumin, whatnot. Once the brisket's cold. It's not going to give it all to uh, us. Not all of it. There's a little bit. But um, after that, just cut up the brisket, mix it in there, um, and then that's it. And uh, make sure that all the meat is super tender all the way through. Gives a really great flavor to the chili. That just sounds so good, doesn't it? I mean, (laughs) mustard powder. No, no mustard powder. No mustard. <laughs> no ketchup. Uh, sometimes, like a little bit, just a little bit of ketchup. I'm a so. firm believer of. I think chili always has ketchup. I don't know where really? I where I was born. It's, yeah, but it gives it a little bit of like it gives it a little sweetness, a little bit of a tomato base without having to actually use like tomato sauce or anything like that. So yeah. every now and then gets a little squeeze of ketchup in it. It's one of the things I've always done in my chili recipe personally. That was, that was my yeah. secret ingredient. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, I think that should be an all. I don't think it's chili if it doesn't have a little ketchup. I mean, I know guys that I go way back with chili and uh, they would use chili as the biggest base where it was to me, it was too, or I mean, not chili, but uh, 
ketchup. Yeah. As they would use a ton of it, like cups of it. And, yeah, and no. I was always like, nah. I mean, we'd always that. make big pots of it. But as a kid, for yeah. whatever reason, chili is something. When you go overboard with the ketchup, it becomes real tomatoey and real sweet. Yeah. And you don't really want that. You still want it to taste like chili. But the sweetness kind of helps balance it out a little bit. So a little bit of ketchup does go a long way on it. Yeah. I always say the accoutrements in there is, is what I like. I like to be able to put a few of my own additives that I like in there. But you, it looks like you're – are you doing cheese? So what I like to do for when I serve my chili is I do uh, cheese, a little bit of sour cream, Fritos. It's a must. A uh, little bit of green onion, a little bit of cilantro, and then I top it with a little bit more chili powder right before I serve it. Gosh. He's got a great presentation, yeah, too. Go I well mean, look at that. that. And you know what he's, I like about this chili is he, he's not trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. He's just trying it's to real, make it's a really chili, nice. man. Yeah, we don't need to. That's the thing about it. I was like, you know. We can try, overthink it. Trying a lot of other chilies that I've had, like, you know, going to competitions and whatnot. And sometimes I'm like, well, you got way too much stuff in here and not enough meat. Like, there's like bell peppers and big old chunks of onion, big old chunks of tomatoes. And I'm like. It's chili. You know, I want to taste the yeah. meat. I want to taste the chili. I don't want to try the other store, you know, corn and all that. Then, of course, with it being Texas Red, there's no beans in it. No, no beans in there? No beans. I didn't even notice that. Nope. It's just meat. Holy cow. Meat, chili, and then the garnishes, the toppings. Now, are you, you just don't like the beans, or you don't? No, it's I, not the I, flavor you're looking no, for? No, I, I love beans. Like, I love putting beans in my chili. If I make chili at home, like, I'll throw beans in there, no problem. But when I serve in competition and I'm doing Texas Red... No beans. That's it. That's it. That's the one thing you got to do. The purity law. You, you, you yeah, tell somebody you're it. serving Texas red, and the first thing out of their mouth is, yeah, does it have beans? You're like, no beans. Because if you say it has beans, I'm like, it's not Texas red. That's right. <laughs> you done lost them. You're describing something else. <laughs> oh, cool. More friends and family are walking into the kitchen here. Here's what we're going to do. And I think, uh, do you mind if we talk about Unumas in the no, next segment? Not. Let's do that. Um, I do want to take a break. And, and you, it's very cool that you came to here with us tonight, Rick. Uno Moss and Rick Sharman. We're going to take a break right here at Studio Kitchen Colorado. Again, the next hour, we're going to talk about ice. Are you an ice lover? I love ice. I think you have to, right? You got to. Yeah. Uh, there's so many variations of ice. I, and man, I'm a freak about it. I tell <laughs> you. The, the folks that uh, chew on ice. Yes, we, we had a little talk about chewing on ice. I think that most of those people are just uh, stopping smoking cigarettes. At that point, oh. in time because well, I just had some Hawaiian ice. I just was in and had some shaved Hawaiian ice last week. We'll talk about that at oh. the seven o'clock hour. All right, yes. we'll continue with Rick Sharman from Uno Moss right here, live from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. You're tuned in to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search the Modern Eater or check out the website. TheModernEater.com. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info 
at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's Gluten-Free Things. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Hey, it's Chef Elon Wenzel, owner of Element Knife Company. If you cook, then you'll know the importance of a quality knife and proper care. My training in Japan exposed me to exceptional cutlery. That's why I am so excited to offer you the knives I fell in love with. Element Knife Company is chef-driven, and my goal is to support and educate. Get at me for a knife clinic or conversation. Find me at elementknife.com or by simply calling 303-460-460. 4628. For the best knives in your kitchen, think Element Knife Company. Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pit masters, Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal grills and smokers. Award-winning pit masters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls Retail Store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys, Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Feed me now! This is the Modern Eater Show. That's right, boy! I'm starving! And now it's time Thank for you. In the Kitchen. How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Kill people? Rock you by. Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Award-winning competition cooks and purveyors of specialty barbecue supplies right here in Denver, Colorado. ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Feed me all night long. Tasty. What a fun show tonight. And uh, right now joining us back at it. And Rick Sharman from Uno Moss is uh, rejoining us. And Brian and I just had a chance to taste this award-winning chili. And we see why it wins uh, consistently <laughs> time see, and time how, again. Can you eat it all fast enough? I can know. I give you a shovel? First of all, Proud Souls, uh, what a fun, what a pleasure on Thursday night. Even though the Broncos oh. lost, we had a great tailgate party with Proud Souls. Uh, great turnout. want to thank anybody that uh, was involved and came. And if you didn't come, you missed it. It was Proud Souls, Next Justin time. Brunson. Yep. What a, I mean, 291 what an was idea. Here. Tommy, oh, yeah. Knocky, Tommy Knocker Brewery, and uh, the fun was just had. That Mike night. Myers, Michael Myers was here. That was, what a, man, that, I'll tell you, I was impressed. When I pulled up on the scene that night before the game, I was happy. I made this my tailgate right before the, right before I watched the Broncos. It was good stuff. But, well, ah, too bad for the Broncos. But uh, as we continue right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, eating this award-winning chili, which you can uh, have and, and hopefully go vote for the man. He's got my vote, even though I'm impartial because I'm supposed to be a judge. I appreciate tomorrow. that. Thank you. Yeah. Is this on the menu every day? 
No, this is not on the menu, actually. This is just something we do for the chili competition. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think there's an opportunity, man. I, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Well, I'll but, tell you what. So, Unamas, uh, first of all, what do you do at Unamas? I bartend. Great. That's yeah. so cool. Well, I'm, but there's more than that. He's okay. been with them for, I mean, he's been with them just about since the beginning. So um, right when I started with Uno Moss, it was uh, close to two and a half years ago, moved here from Texas. Um, before that, I cooked professionally for about 12 years, was a um, line cook, came up, sous chef, executive chef, uh, been cooking my whole life. Then when I started at Uno Moss, I was looking to get out of the kitchen, so I went back to Too waiting tables. Too handsome to be in the kitchen. <laughs> he wanted to be out front. Uh, started waiting tables, and about my first month and a half there, the previous executive chef uh, resigned and went and took another job somewhere else, so I stepped in and helped him out. So I took over the kitchen for about seven, eight months till we got it to where it was running. Um, just took a step back, and then they were like, we got a bartending position. You want to come bartend? And I was like, great. That sounds amazing. So that's what I've been doing for the past two and a half years. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and they're rocking their chili contest. Yeah, that too. I, you know, representing for yeah. sure. So but Uno Mas on Pearl Street, right? Yes, sir. And um, the, the, the other restaurants that are on Pearl Street, great as well. This is really a standout place. And I look to the farm to table thing that you have here. Where do you draw some of your produce from? A lot of our produce we get from a company here in uh, Denver called uh, American Produce. Um, they bring us all our stuff, our cilantro, our fresh jalapenos. It's top-notch. Everything they bring us is great. Um, Did I read this incorrectly on the website that you were asking folks in the neighborhood if they had an abundance of um, crops growing I in their that. garden that, that. that you would actually go over there and help them harvest? Um, not me, personally. Not that I'm aware <laughs> of. That's on your... Uh, he's keeping it real. We do, we, we, it real. We, we do have, like, um, but we've had uh, a couple of people that have come in and been like, you know, that stuff like they've grown at home, like microgreens and whatnot, and we've purchased some of those to help use in the kitchen and whatnot, but how about supporting local people? Yeah. That's I, I I mean I love that it, it one of the things that is fun there are more restaurants opening up like that but I we we should actually sort of switch to a booze conversation because our man right here is bringing all the booze in and he knows <laughs> he knows what's at the restaurant as far as the booze oh, yeah. side of it yeah. I mean and that's a hard thing is with tequila and I love Mexican and I think you can you know take South American Mexican food to a great place in Colorado because I think there's it's wide open oh I, definitely I mean. But, but on the booze side, we can't get a local – you can't make tequila yeah, anywhere else but tequila, you know. And so it's always been one of the, one of the hard things for me is because I'm a huge tequila advocate. Oh, I love um, tequila. Once I um, actually when I moved here is when I started drinking more tequila than anything else. Surprisingly, not not so much <laughs> not in Texas. Texas. In Texas, I was drinking a lot of whiskey, but I came here, started working in a tequila bar, and I always loved tequila. And like, but working in a bar and like tasting all the different ones and learning about tequila, like my appreciation for tequila is way different than what it used to be what's your favorite right now my favorite um we have two at my restaurant that i really really enjoy uh proximus is a really good one they are um it's made in the town in tequila but the owners are actually here in colorado um really nice super cool people delicious tequila and then another one we carry there is called azunia uh that one is made in the town of amatitan right next to tequila um and there it is awesome it is some delicious stuff right there how many varieties do you have uh, tequila? Yeah. Well, I'd probably say close to 25 to 30 different varieties oh, of tequilas uh, of different brands. Plenty. Nice. Plenty yeah. of variety. Oh, there's there's something there for everybody. Yeah, and so, you know, when you go there, you're going to have the whiskey as well. We, we do have whiskey. We have rum. We have gin. Um, all that kind of goes on a, on one shelf, and then all the other shelves are either tequila or mezcal. But we do have other stuff there, too. Are you a fan of mezcal? Oh, I love mezcal. Do you really? Ever since... Um, 
like during my first time I tried mezcal when I was a kid, it was that, you know, not a kid, <laughs> when I was younger, like one of my teenager years, I guess. Uh, it was that bottle that was like in the corner of the liquor store that just kind of just like the only bottle of mezcal they had and it was terrible. But then we started, uh, when I came here and we started carrying really good mezcals and starting to try them, my opinion has totally changed. It is delicious. Well, yeah. and the cool thing, you can make mezcal here. You can mezcal, make mezcal. Yeah. They don't have a patent on that. Like champagne, you can sure. only make it right. in yeah. the champagne region of France. Well, it's more of a method, though. Yeah, mezcal you can pretty much make anywhere in Mexico. And you, you don't have to, you're not really limited to the blue agave plant. You can use other agave plants to make mezcal. I, well, and I believe there's a local place making making it. Hey, Rick, let me ask you a question and tell me if this is true or not. Jay Parker here. Somebody told me that the whole tequila thing with making tequila in Tequila, Mexico and, and calling it tequila out here, that now something happened law-wise in the world that you can make tequila here and call it tequila. Do you, you know any truth to that? Not that I've heard of. Uh, the uh, only tequila... Some, some distiller told me that and I can't remember who it was. <laughs> oh, really? Well, yeah. we'll have to figure that uh, one out. Not that I know of. I've never heard anything like that. As far as I know, in order to call it tequila, you still have to make it right. uh, down there in that region. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call it an agave spirit. You can make tequila. You just can't call it tequila. Oh, yeah. yeah. Time flies when you're having fun, Rick. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank I appreciate you. it, guys. And Thank you for having Luna me Mons. on. South Luna, Pearl Luna Street. Mons on South Pearl. Uh, we have South Park. Pearl, uh, Sixth and Clarkson, and then we just opened up a new location in Fort Collins. We're going to knuckle up at the bar and, and uh, sample some of your delicious Oh, dude, come tequila. hang out with me, man. It's a blast. We'll have a good time, I promise you. I love it, man. Rick Sharman and uh, Uno Moss right there. Next hour, we're going to talk about ice and then obviously some spirit. How about a bite to eat? It's time for the second course, hour number two of The Modern Eater. What are you hungry for? Here's to a meal we're all here for. Delicious and tasty. Now we're getting to the good stuff. With your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and Brian Freeman. No. Nothing really refreshing. No tasty, frosty beverages. Never seeing an ice cube <laughs> or keeping your beer cold in a cooler. I can't imagine. What would that world be like? It wouldn't be a place that I would live. Imagine it. No, I can't. You cannot imagine I can't. it? I won't go there, man. I do not like the heat. I went to Hawaii and I, I wanted to stay inside more than I, but I, I, I hiked. Ice is right, used yeah. for so many things. Yes. Not just drinks. Yeah. Imagine not having your fish on top of ice. Ice, yeah. Imagine not having a shaved Hawaiian ice that's a tasty little frosty dessert. Shaved ice. Shaved ice, man. Imagine it was all just of that ice. stuff gone. What a dull world we would live in. Yeah. Would I'm you want to live in that world? No, I'm telling you. No, no, no. You need an ice field world. Don't take world. me there, man. You know I work, I live in a world at 32 degrees. Remember my world of produce. I'm trying to keep stuff alive that's what, been picked out of the ground. What would you do without ice? Yeah, what would I? I couldn't. I mean, ever since I've had my company, I think I, I told... <laughs> I had this story for us already is about the fact that I had a, a, a special ice machine called the flake ice, which you don't have a model here today, but it's hard to have a flake ice model because quite honestly, it's almost like a shaved ice because it's got a, you know, it's, it's got a blade that's constantly churning mm -hmm. all day and just dropping little pieces of flakes. When you of think ice. of ice, do you think of Brittany Stanley? I do because I tell you I've got one of my isomatics. I love what she does. Brittany Stanley, isomatic like... here with us right now, and it's so good to have you in the kitchen. Yes, thank you for having uh, me. But what a sad world we have in the kitchen with no ice machine. I know we were just talking about that. We definitely need to get you uh, a little under counter so you can have your beer cool. Like a restaurant with no ice. Think of the struggles. Yeah. They're real. They're out there. Right. Well, and you know, in a safety standpoint too. I mean, heat is just as important as you know freezing things sometimes yeah. or cooling. 
them down. So a lot of different applications, right? Well, and think about that. Chefs have to cool. You just nailed it right there because chefs do have to bring something down to a colder temp. You don't want that Immediately, there's, man. yeah. You do not want You that. do not want botulism. <laughs> you definitely don't. At all. And, uh, so, yeah. Uh, isomatic, you've probably heard it all, right? Every ice joke in the world. <laughs> um, in my trainings, I like to play Ice Ice Baby. Okay. I'm yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm kind of running out of songs, though, so if you have any recommendations, I'm down. <laughs> I don't know, Don. See what you, you can find as far as ice songs go that maybe we've never heard back there and just play them underneath us at the studio there at iHeart. So we always, Brian and I, we, we like to be ice geeks, but we're I'm more uninformed than Brian on ice. I know a few things, and mostly it's just for my drinks. It really right. is. That's what I need ice for. Other things besides drinks, Brittany? Yeah, sure. So um, like we were talking about from the food standpoint of cooling down, right? So um, there's kind of a danger zone when it comes to cooking. Um, and so cooling down um, at, a, at a quick time frame, you know, and getting it down to a certain temperature, you're going to have to do that with ice, right? And so flaked ice can be a really good um, ice form for that. Um, what else? Uh, the medical field, right? So think about, um, you know, medicine, but then patients as well, you know, ice chips and things like that, women in labor, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, business and application or sorry, industry, right? So, so a lot of it goes into cups, right? You know, a lot of it's consumable, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, display ice too with seafood and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, think about, you guys were saying a world without ice. So think about going into a sushi bar and your sushi not sitting on ice, oh, right? Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so a lot of different different applications. Last time we met up, I said, Europeans, man, what is it with Europeans and no ice? Is it electricity shortage? I, you or, know, it's like, a, why are we not making ice in Europe? It's really interesting, and I don't know. So maybe next time we'll bring in somebody from, from England, and <laughs> yeah. we'll ask him. You got an idea? Yeah, I can tell you. So renownedly, Europeans are healthier than Americans, right? I mean, that's that's those are statistics, Whoa, right? Okay. Yeah, hey, wow. Wow. <laughs> right? Whoa, okay, wow. Holy. This better go like five good. steps back. <laughs> Whoa, okay. Okay, right. so, bring it to me. Yeah, so here it is. So consuming a beverage and, and cooling it off is harder on the body, right? So if you drink oh, something, right. that, if you drink something that's room temperature, right? Well, no matter what it is, I, 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 yeah, your I'm body you. processes it faster. So if you consume something that's really cold, then your body has to put more blood down into your stomach to, 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 warm, to it warm it up that to a temperature true. that it can break it down. I've never heard Jay Parker spit knowledge like this before. <laughs> well, here, listen, I think everything he's saying is true about the temperature yeah. of liquids to drink them all day long but yeah, i'm true. not going there with the europeans i don't think that that's like i think it's because these people came from a place with no electricity well, and they did they were like hey listen they, well, put your no. beer outside it gets a temperature outside no, i'm right. gonna drink it okay well, hold, well, hold on what i'm saying is is about i'm not saying that that's the only reason but i'm saying like they don't <laughs> want the ice because that's part of their being diet. healthy right. okay being healthy and yeah. i don't know if that's why they do it I but do. i know it contributes I'll whether it's on purpose it. or not i like where you're going with it man i mean i i think you're selling it and everything Brittany, but it's nice I mean, to finally meet you thanks for coming on to the show <laughs> but i love you jay parker the whole world lives <laughs> off of, of uh american tourism so cater to us well and, and <laughs> give it some ice oh my, definitely from one extreme I think he's definitely on to something. I mean, when you go to Europe, and I've had the you know pleasure of going a few times, when you oh, get a glass of water, for example, it doesn't come with ice in it. And I and they, maybe that's why, right? 
Well, um, I mean, a, a, here, here's this is now your this, cocktail still this, will. Right? This part is just my opinion. My opinion is is that in a lot of European places that don't come with ice, it's because they didn't have an ice machine or a lot of electricity. Yes. So they're just like, man, thank you, you thank you. That's where I'm at. Yeah, right. It's yeah. a cultural thing, sure. right? Versus, you know, now they're just used to it. So when they're over here and they say, ah, oh, no ice, they're just used to it. But it still helps their health. <laughs> Well, and I think in some cases it can be sort of a, a luxury item as well. You know, you can have regular, you know, normal temperature tap water or you can have ice cold water. water. Right. Yeah. But here's Ooh, the deal. You, you have three types of ice over here. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> Ooh, I love ice. Look at this place. This is fancy. Motel 6 with two different kinds of ice. Woo. Yeah. So luxury <laughs> item. And so isomatic takes ice to a whole nother level. Sure. Do you mind if we yes. break off, come back, talk about that? Yeah, yeah, What that absolutely. whole other level is? All right, Bridget Stanley, Isomatic. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you, we love, love ice. And you this guys is do. Like, I love we it. We just <laughs> jumped in on this conversation. Um, you're probably a, a little weirded out by it. But <laughs> I, I think that people really have, everybody has their own ice jam. This is how I like my ice. Ice you know, I ask like for a that. big rock every time I go get a drink. Now I say I want it. I want my shot of tequila on a big rock. Yeah. And that's and and half of the time the bartender gets it, and half of the time the bartender stares and looks big rock. Right. <laughs> and someone else, usually from down the bar, will scream, "That's ice." Right. Right. <laughs> All right. More ice talk right here on 6:30 K. How when we return from Studio Kitchen, Colorado, the Modern Eater Show. Choose your path. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. If this were just any door and this were just any ignition connected to just any transmission in just any vehicle, then perhaps it would be okay to buy it from just anyone. But this is not just any car. It's a certified pre-owned Mercedes-Benz. Every detail has been inspected and road tested by highly skilled Mercedes-Benz technicians. And it's all backed by an unlimited mileage warranty, which makes the decision of where to buy one simple. Your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. The certified pre-owned sales event going on now through October 31st. Come in today and enjoy a credit of up to $1,500 towards your first two payments through Mercedes-Benz Financial Services. Because in the end, it's absolute confidence in genuine Mercedes-Benz parts, or it isn't. It's either Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned, or it isn't. See your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer for complete details and limitations on credit towards your first two months payment and certified pre-owned warranties. Hey, you guys. Jay Parker here for Encore Energy. How much are you paying for your natural gas? Wouldn't you like to save 10 to 20% on your natural gas bill? Of course you would. You're not crazy. Encore Energy and Brian Rizzuto can do just that. Save you money. Give Brian a call. 720-245-5771. Maybe you own a restaurant or a brewery and use a ton of natural gas. This is how you save money. Get a free savings review from Brian Rizzuto and Encore Energy. Call Brian at 720-245-5771. Save 10 to 20% on your natural Natural gas bill right now. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And if you get hungry while you're sipping on some drinks, they've got the best food truck line in town. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. 
Okay, back to our riveting ice conversation momentarily. Uh, Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solutions, this is the man. I mean, he's making your beer taste like the brewer intended it to taste. 20 years in the business installing tap lines. Family man. Family man. Three kids. Yes. Three daughters. He told me he's going to keep trying until he gets a boy. That's very bold <laughs> to keep doing that until you get a boy. Um, and but I he does the best tap lines. And he, I will most trusted man in the business. They fly him out. I mean, Colorado. He's our hyper local staple. But uh, people are catching on to him and bringing him out of the state. Most Name recent drop. project. Name drop. Name you want drop. Monarch Casino. Yes. Okay. Huge. 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 To run did glycol you, lines like through a casino, half oh, a mile wait, wait, think away, about that. Did man. You, yeah. Did he tell you how many how many miles must have gone through that building? Long way. Long way. Just a long way. And to keep the beer fresh all the way fresh and cold. to That's your the way mouth. You want it. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. And in order to do that, it's Jeff Rourke and A-Plus Beverage Solution. He's a phone call away. You need a pen. I will get my pen. This is his cell phone number. Please give it to me twice. Don't prank him. I won't. Just give him a call because he'll do maintenance as well. We know. And I go into restaurants and bars all the time. There's nothing worse. I feel so bar- bad for the bartender who's pouring foam into a pitcher and i feel even worse for the customer before they can pour it into a glass and the temperatures changed it's a it's just a train wreck and jeff rourke and a plus beverage solutions is going to make that all go away if you give them a call at 720-272-3809 one more time 720-272-3809 it's jeff rourke and a plus beverage solutions Yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> this is Justin Brunson, Ultra Meat and Cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy. <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Why not? Just saw Justin Brunson today. He left his apron. That's the kind of kitchen we have. You're going to have so much you fun, you're going to leave your apron. Too close there. That's, right. that's, that's why Justin was here when we got here. He didn't come say hi to you. You, 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 you want to hear something funny? Yeah. You want to know where he left it? Where? In the walk-in with his hat. In the, in the walk-in. Because I took an apron and a hat out of the walk-in, and I was like, I don't know who's this that is. That should be alarming. Whatever, right? and put it over there, you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What I want to hear is Justin left it on the ice machine. He left the it, and we need that. Okay, so seriously, here we are. We're flat-footed. We don't have any, you know, it's like, Jay, run up to 7-Eleven, get a bag of ice. All the time. All the time. It's tacky. It's inappropriate. We're better than that. Yeah. Right. If, you, if you were we really. We need to fix yeah. that. And you don't get to pick the ice you want when you're at seven. You got to just get the schlub Take what bag, comes you know, because I don't know if you know this or not, but they make different ice and they make it for different purposes and it actually enhances said drink per ice yes. you've chosen. Because it's amount of melt. It's all about the and amount we're of gonna melt get that in, in there. there. Yep. So you, Brittany, Brittany yes, Stanley, sir. Isomatic, you go into a potential account, mm-hmm. right? What do you do fact-finding-wise? Sure. So there's definitely a lot of questions um, that you kind of want to lead with, uh, depending on their application. But, you know, let's just throw a, a regular restaurant, right, that does uh, brunch, lunch, dinner, mm-hmm. and they have a bar, all that. So... Mm-hmm you know, figuring out basically what they're using with ice. So do you have a really intense cocktail menu? You know, do you want to kind of have that mixologist cube? Um, Are you just doing frozen drinks? Things like that. So Um, if you're a sports bar... Right, so you're going to do a lot of beer. Your needs are going to be different than a cocktail bar. Right, right. So, you know, you would probably go sort of the half cube route. Um, That's probably the most versatile. In the sports bar, you're saying. 
right? Yeah, right. So you're going to have a lot of waters, right, poured. So you're going to want to yeah. do, you know, ice water well, with you're that. You're going to make it look like, and you're going to want to slow down your patrons because they're probably oh, yeah, drinking Yeah, you want to make sure much. they're hydrating I'm with yourself. you. I'm totally yeah. with you. But you'll hey, have Jay, your do you people. you know something about that? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? What happened? Slowing down your patrons when they're drinking too much with a smaller ice cube. Did you oh. know that you can do that? Man, listen, we don't have enough time to get into the patrons <laughs> that I serve well, and coming slowing from the bar them down. World, yeah, you, you want to make sure. Brittany, I had a guy last night. He threatened to take the life right out of my body because him and his buddies had... I won't even tell you how many drinks to protect myself, but they had say. they had too many drinks, and I was like, "Hey, man, listen, I can't give any more right now. The ice or not was not going to help, you know." And he was like, "Oh, I'll kill I'll kill you and take your life," and I'm like, "Okay, have a good night," you know that sort of thing. So the Thank ice you. wouldn't help me, however. Maybe. Would you like some of this delicious? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this hey, man, water I, and ice. Yeah, can I can I offer you a glass of ice if you do? Just crunch on this and and don't kill me, sir. Can I get a life insurance policy on you, babe? <laughs> Um, so, in, you know, in addition to figuring out what ice form is best for that application, sizing, it's super, super important, right? So understanding um, how many turns is each table going to have, you know, at their busiest time. So size matters. <laughs> it's wow. in our is world that, very much. Is yeah. that right? That's, okay. wait, hey, though, Greg, she said something really important there. I, did, I would never even have thought what? that she's looking at turns on tables, sure. amount of people through a restaurant for dispense more the size right? of ice. Well, and you have to think about um, making up for the ice that you use in a in brunch, right? So we size all of our machines based on a 24-hour production, right? So if you do a 400-pound machine, it's going to make 400 pounds in 24 hours. Well, if you use 300 of that in, at brunch, for example, it's going to take 24 hours to make up, you know, Another, to do yeah. that again. So, and a lot of people don't think that. Um, I like to tell this story, actually. When I first started, one of my old managers had a customer, and, and the GM was calling and saying, we're out of ice all the time. You know, we have a lemon, because everybody loves to say that. And we need a new machine. It's broken. It's broken. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to come in and figure out what's going on. So he goes in at like 8.30 in the morning, and he talks to the staff. And he's like, you know, trying to figure out why the guy's coming in at 10.30 a.m. and half of the bin is empty, right? Well, turns out they um, have a fairly extensive soup menu, and these guys are cooking huge vats of soup in the morning. And like we talked about earlier, they have to cool it down, right, so they can, you know, safely hold it, and they're using half of the bin. But, you know, so it's understanding all of these different things that are going to take that. I mean, if you have an oyster bar, for example, I used to work at Angelo's Tavern over on 6th, and we use a ton of ice just to put, you know, out on the oyster bar, right? So just kind of thinking through all of that, it's it's more than just your waters and your teas and, and, and even your alcoholic drinks. So what machine is just like the big daddy of them all? Big daddy, like uh, yeah. most commonly they purchased get, or no, like our they biggest. Will give the most ice. I use 1,200 pounds, man. Do you really? So, d- Mine is a 1,200 pound a day. So oh. we just came out with um, a 2,000 pound uh, pearl ice. So that's that chewable ice um, that you see in Sonic and things like that. So now we have a 30 inch wide 2,000 pound pearl ice. So big for gas stations and and uh, and those are the little dispensers. ones. You can see, if you've the seen the little it, one, folks. yeah. Here, will you guys. hand those to me because I, I can will. put my hand right Can you juggle with those? Right up. Oh, no. I, I could on a, a good man day. Of many yeah, I could on a good day. Not, I don't know this late into it, but, so um, one of the but these are small. Things, this is cool. One of the coolest things that Isomatic is addressing right now is how to make sure that you're servicing and cleaning your machines. Right, right. Talk about that. Yeah, so the Pearl Ice has a different um, 
components inside, right? We were talking about it's kind of an auger and, and extrudes the ice and, and flaked ice gets chopped and things like that. But your cubers, which are the most commonly purchased ice, they're the most versatile. Um, they use evaporator plates and, and so it's a totally different inside of a machine. Um, until we came out with our elevation series, which is our new cuber series, um, you couldn't take any of these components out, right? So it was always a service call. And let's be honest, I mean, ice machines are hot boxes for bacteria, right? They get hot, yeah. they get cold, water's introduced, um, you know, it's dark. So and all sorts of gross water. things. Yeah, always. It's just, yeah. And it's the only machine that never shuts off in a kitchen. Interesting. And it's also the only machine that produces food because ice is food, right? So, you know, being able to clean your machines and make sure that your ice is, is clean is extremely important. And, you know, if you don't take that front panel off, you don't know what's going on in yeah. there. And if it's a service call, you wait it out. You well, just go, I'm waiting until well, the wheels fall off, right? Yeah. And I, I, told, yeah. I think I shared with both of you that I switched to, I used to buy these machines. And mine, I mean, they're expensive. They're like they six grand or more. And I would buy them. And then I decided recently to get on a contract with someone where they come in right. and they clean it. Because these are things that I was worried about. But if you were in with my operations, they would give you the ability to make sure right. you well, do that all the time. Yeah, well, this is their new technology, though. This right. is brand new killer stuff. I mean, well, now that I'm glad that I know this, because now, I mean, I don't want to well, cut Well, we went on the out, isomatic yeah. tour and we watched you uh, dissemble. Mm-hmm. Disassemble. Disassemble? Yeah. Dis 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 disassemble. Anyway, man. Dis disassemble. Yeah, I know <laughs> what you meant. <laughs> All right. I'll correct dis you next dis time. I, I just want to... Holy, man. It's like everybody knew what I was saying, and Brian had to be like, I'm smart. It's smarter than everybody here. So no, I'm no, gonna no, no, disassemble. no, no, no. Just take it out of my vocabulary and be like, I, I took it apart <laughs> in half. And yeah. now there's two. So, Brittany, you can take it apart. Right. Exactly. And I saw it firsthand, and it seems very reasonable. You can run right through your dishwasher. Well, everything is, is accessible. Right, you don't have to actually move the machine to access because when you think about it, it's full of 400 pounds of ice in the bin with a 200 pound machine on the top. You don't want to have to move that out to access any of these components, so everything's accessible right there. And yes, you can remove them. And the key thing about this is you can remove them with no tools, they're all snap in, snap out parts. Um, and then you can put them in your commercial dishwasher, wipe them down. So, what do you say to a guy like Brian who will probably have his ice machine until he's 70? Right. And we just, what do you say to him to say, hey, listen, here's just really what we're working with, and here's how far it's come, and these are the things that Isomatic can do for you to be able to let go of not having to get on Craigslist every four weeks to find a part. Sure. Well, um, so do you mean like purchasing parts? Yeah, like, I mean, would you, do you just say guys like Brian well, or anybody, I'll a restaurant, you. do you say, uh, just continue with that until it croaks all together or no, here's why you need the upgrade. Well, I mean, if you sustain the machine and you're maintaining it and you're sanitizing it, I mean, we, I mean, I've seen machines in the field that have lasted 15 years. You know, it really depends. I mean, we recommend or we expect, you know, the average life to be somewhere around seven years. I was curious because mine, I get like five. But, and I'll tell you, I work them hard. Well, and that makes I mean, a very big difference. I mean, when you think, I, yeah. of, think of a car, right? If you're not getting your oil changed as often as you should, you're not, you know, doing engine checks and things like that, eventually, you know, the corrosion that can happen inside of a machine yeah. and all these things will eventually hurt the, the yeah. life of it. Well, you know? and I work, I, I have a different temperature. Mine are in 55 degrees. Mine are not in your recommended temperature range to run. That's cold, right? That's, it's on, they're on the cold side. And I've always wanted, that's, here's my dream. My dream is, is I want one of your ice machines to work in a 32-degree room. But what I've seen at my farms is that I just need conveyor belts and all this jazz. So I bring the ice out of your machine into my into my machines. But 
Trust I am an ice geek, man. I love I, uh, because my whole world is how do I keep yeah, produce fresh without the ice part. <laughs> Well, even, I mean, ambient temperature of air is really important, but people often forget that the ambient temperature of the water is also really important. So if you've got hot water coming in or or warmer temperature water, it's going to take longer for that water to freeze. What about noise? Right. Renownedly, ice machines are the loudest thing in the room. Right, right. They can Has be. Has that come yes. a long way? Um, I think so, yes. And um, you have the ability to put them in a different location in the restaurant too, right? Right. So um, you're talking about remote condensers, yeah. right? So when you see like fast food restaurants and things like that, they've got small, small kitchens with a lot of equipment, right? So they're creating a lot of heat. So they want to be able to discharge that heat somewhere else, so they put them on the roof. Um, now you've got to have a good setup, right? So it's important to sort of know that you're going to have that application when you kind of build your restaurant out. Um, but you know, if you're not in a in a in a really hot place and your machine has got enough room to breathe, I mean, yes, you'll hear it a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, you know, for the most part, they're not that noisy. It's just the crash of the ice. Yeah, that's yeah. the loudest part, right? When the ice comes tumbling down. <laughs> Uh, ice is one of those things to, you know, a, again, I think you underappreciate it until you don't have it. Yeah. Well, like you started the segment. Yeah. I was, I was, have you ever been? You don't the, just have to stop talking. Have you, you ever been the sad guy? Uh, and, and truly, you know, so here's your home. Here's your refrigerator with your freezer up top. And you've got this ice machine that makes it. And mine has a mind of its own because ice is all over the freezer, not just in the bed. Oh. So I pulled out, and it's a huge chunk. And then I go at the bottom. It's like, oh, there's a little yellow in there. That's not <laughs> great, you know. Don't eat the yellow so, ice. Yeah, I clean, I clean <laughs> that out. And then all of a sudden, I have no ice at all. And then I, you know, so but I'll see, fill a couple a, trays. You're letting your refrigerator make it for you. Oh. Hey man, really? listen. I've had ice. I should in, not. I've no. had ice in my refrigerator for a decade, but none of it's yellow. <laughs> you know, there's got to hey, be listen. some other. There's got to be some other components. Let me tell you this, because you also have to be careful with a large ice machine. Because here's a true story. I worked at a sports bar, and coincident, as I reached in to grab a thing of ice, is it dropped a pallet of ice on my hand. Oh. And and on it. Now listen. I mean, it didn't hurt, but it cut perfect. Brackets of where each ice cube was on the top of my hand, so I had like six holes in the top of my hand of where the ice cubes were. So also, really, yeah, you know, uh, so a lot of people careful. don't know that's how ice is actually made. And, and to be completely transparent, when I started working at Isomatic, I didn't really know this either. I guess I thought it was like a popcorn machine of just cubes everywhere, but it actually comes off as a giant slab, right? And then the bridge thickness, which is what holds all of the cubes together, and why adjusting it's so important is when it hits. It breaks. Jay's yeah. hands, right? Yeah, it, right? It breaks into all these little cubes, and so that's how you—that's why you have that little lip What's right there. What's it called? There. The bridge what? It's called the bridge thickness. The bridge thickness. Right. That's what Freeman. That's so what often, more often than not, right? When you you see bartenders taking the you know the scoop and they're mm-hmm. and they're breaking it all apart mm-hmm. because it's not adjusted correctly, and so it's freezing too much till it drops off, so it doesn't break when it hits the bed. You're teaching me something new. I love this, folks. I, know. You, I you, thought it yeah. was popcorn too. Yeah, no. no, 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 no. I knew it. Yeah, he, I knew it falls off, and like, but I didn't realize it was in complete sheets. I thought it broke the moment it fell. No, like, it doesn't. It comes off as one sheet. Yeah. So it's, su- it's supposed to break when it hits wherever right, it's Right. So gone. in all the bins, there's a deflector, right, uh-huh. that it hits. And so it kind of just, uh-huh. you know, 
And so it hits, and it's ideally supposed to break into all individual cubes and then slides into the bin. I can't. Yeah, my GM's going to be thrilled when I say, hey, listen, uh, the bridge thickness on the ice machine's a little too thick because that's not breaking all the way <laughs> when it hits. And then he's going to say, fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's going to say, uh, you were late, and why are you wearing a beanie? <laughs> well, if it's work? an isomatic, I can adjust it for you. There you nice. Go. Isomatic. I mean, truly, it, it, here's the Let's do this. I, I was going to break now, but I think we need to extend this two minutes long. Um, Isomatic is one of those Colorado companies that people yep. don't know. What a force I this is. Thank you for bringing that up since 1970. Or wait, wait. We've been around for a little over 60 years now. 60 so years I now. should get wow. the exact older, date. But, but yes. we've been in the same building off of uh, Havana and I-70. And so. let's face it, you probably had a million opportunities to go build your equipment out of the country. and Sure. Bring it back and outsource, but you've decided to stay right here in Denver, Colorado, which Absolutely. is Absolutely. We employ a little over two hundred uh, Denver people. So But you ship all over the world. We do, we ship is, globally, yeah. Yeah. Which as you guys know, you know, is is kinda getting a little nerve wracking, right, and what's gonna happen. So but we have no intention of moving our factory whatsoever. We're very proud to be American made. Good for you. I Colorado love that. I love made. That. Yeah. That's right. Brittany Stanley, cool. Thank right? you guys. All right. Brittany, thank you so Saturday much. Saturday night, around. thanks for yeah. taking the time out, truly. Yeah, absolutely. It's it my so pleasure. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Okay. There it Bye-bye. is. Isomatic. Okay. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk spirits, distilling, and we always love to meet new friends, and that's exactly what we'll do. Broken Arrow Distillery and Ron Johnson up next, right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Hey guys, Chris Johnson here, owner of Rome Sausage, your hyper-local source for all things sausage awesomeness. My family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of Rome's founder, Jerry Rome, by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality, not quantity. Every batch is made here in the great state of Colorado, by hand mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples, and of course, sausage jokes, can be had by contacting me directly at chris at romesausage.com or by phone at 303-296-7663. The modern eater loves Rome sausage, and I know you will too. Wear black and eat spices. Hey, Modern Eater listeners, this is Zach from The Spice Guy, Colorado's favorite spice company. Spice is the variety of life. At The Spice Guy, we have a passion for sourcing the best ingredients from the best farmers all over the world. Choose from thousands of different GMO-free spices and ingredients, or let us create and blend custom flavor profiles for whatever style of food it is that you're working with. With over 1,000 restaurants, food brands, and chefs behind us, you can't go wrong when you choose The Spice Guy for all your spice needs. The Spice Guy. Spicy. Born in Raised in Denver. TheSpiceGuyCo.com. Listen up, barbecue lovers. Greg Holland back here for Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. Proud Souls is Denver's authority of all things barbecue. Do you rule your neighborhood with the best backyard barbecue? From beginners to pitmasters, 
Proud Souls has all the equipment you could possibly want. A variety of wood, pellet, and charcoal grills and smokers. Award-winning pitmasters and owners of Proud Souls, Dan and Tony, have a passion for barbecue, and it shows. Located on 25th and Federal, Proud Souls retail store is bursting at the seams with your barbecuing essentials, the Spice Guy spices, and superior flavored fuels for your pit like hickory, mesquite, oak, pecan, cherry, apple, peach, maple, grape, and a variety of blends. Hit their website, ProudSoulsBBQ.com, for delicious hands-on barbecue classes and get information on current promotions and deals. For the best in barbecue, locally owned and operated on 25th and Federal, there are guys, Proud Souls Barbecue and Provisions. That's ProudSoulsBBQ.com. Hi, this is Lori Mitson. I'm a food hack, a.k.a. food writer. I was just told that I could put my lines... <laughs> And you're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Okay, let's go. Back at it. Studio Kitchen Colorado, the Modern Eater Show continues. I love that ice conversation, Brian. Uh, wasn't it fun? It's I, just, I mean, I, I, you know, it's in everybody's life. It, it really is, quite honestly. And we don't understand what it means to us. Uh, first of all, shout out to our new intern, and I think this is going to be a great fit, but uh, Kenyon George. Thank Kenyon you George. so much. Kenyon George. Kenyon George. Kenyon George. We just call him George. He's got. He's the man with two first names. I like it, though. Three. He's Three. got another one. Kenyon Michael George. Kenyon I love Michael it. George. Kenyon Michael George. You'll hear more from uh, Mr. Kenyon Michael George in the uh, months to come here, but uh, so glad to have him here. Christopher Moore is going to join us here on this in these uh, next couple of segments. He's a chef, but he's also got a great restaurant. It's, um, give me the restaurant name again. Degree, Degree, Metropol- yeah. Degree Metropolitan Food and Drink. And so he's in, uh, obviously, a great chef, but he also helps out with the front of the house, which is, uh, I asked him the other day, I said, at your bar, how many local products you have he wrote to that list down i have a list and we're going to meet a new friend right now his name's ron johnson and ron is from broken arrow distillery welcome to the modern eater show ron how are you wonderful thanks for having me good to see you good to have you good to have you first of all give us the rundown what's up with broken arrow we are uh local uh colorado here 1000 percent local uh, and what that means for us, at least, is that everything that's inside the bottle yeah. uh, comes from Colorado. Gotcha. Uh, Who are you using? Whiskey Sisters? Stuff like that? So we use uh, some folks out in uh, Wiggins, Colorado for oh, our cool. corn. Nice. Uh, and then, who are they? Uh, Root Shoots. Know who they are. Uh, Root Shoots. I yeah. like those boys. Yep. Yep. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then our water comes from uh, El Dorado Springs. Look at that. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So everything's 1,000% Colorado. We, the trifecta. Everything that's in the bottle uh, is um, uh, definitely made by us. We don't buy any juice or anything like that. So, so. let's just take a look because we always, I always like to do this. Well, tell me, this is the first batch right there. He just brought that for us tonight. I'm, I'm ex- oh, is this excited really? to so try that. That is actually. And it uh, says triple X. Well, <laughs> and that makes me even well, feel more sexy. You know, Come it, on now, Ron. That tell is, us all that about is actually our three-way. So that is not even uh, in bottle yet. Yeah, well, That's I, why it's marked I would on think there. you've got to be careful with the three-way. Well, uh, here's what I say about a three-way. As long as you get the picket, <laughs> everybody likes a good three-way. So uh, that is actually uh, juice. That's, that's our flagship whiskey. And what we've done uh, is after we've aged in New American Oak, uh, we found some barrels that initially contained cinnamon and then vanilla beans wow. and then maple syrup. So how oh, long no. has this been aged? Is it a, uh, a little lighter of a whiskey to me? I'm you know, gonna... it's it's about 18? 20. No, it's about 26 months total. 26. So months. An, uh, 12 months uh, in our uh, New American Oak, 
and then uh, about 14 more months in our uh, three-way barrels. Ooh, I like that there. So you guys are switching up your barrels. We've got uh, all different times. We've got a honey barrel-aged whiskey. Uh, we took our flagship, uh, aged it for about 12 months. Um, and, and that's not that's not here with us tonight, but I'm just giving a little bit of a... Sure. So uh, we've got our, our honey barrel. We aged it for about 12 months, sent the uh, barrels to an apiary. Anybody know what an apiary is? Oh, yes. Oh, See, yes. I'm, I'm all about bees. I did not know. So. Oh, really? Okay. And 99% of the people I say <laughs> apiary to right? have yeah. no idea. I assume you would know, Chef. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, you like yourself a little honey. <laughs> now, don't you? Absolutely. You have some Chef? And it was a uh, bee squared uh, uh, apiary, and they made a bourbon honey, sent the barrels back to us. Uh, and then we put our flagship whiskey back inside the barrels mm-hmm. for about another 16 months, and we made a honey whiskey. Is, is that what we're having? That now? is not what you're having. You're having the three-way. Because I'm getting notes of honey. We're having the yeah, yeah. three-way on this. Yeah, the three-way. This, I got to tell you, though, this is a different, I mean, it's the nose on this unique. is way different than anything I've, I'll tell you, I've ever experienced. This is way different. Not a whiskey drinker. Uh, can't do the brown water, but I give tell it you a what, cu- man, Give it a little shot. But you know what? The nose on this is amazing. Did you Absolutely get the vanilla amazing. in there? Yeah, right, I, I, right I get the, the vanilla top. right off the top. Yep. And so people like to say, you know, is it flavored? I say, no, it's, it's barrel influence because it, it's all from the barrel. Wow. There's no cinnamon added. There's no maple syrup added or anything like that. It all comes from those barrels that Holy. were passed around. I get the maple syrup, cin- like the second note in there. Is yeah. it cinnamon right on the end? It's is it? Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't even drank it yet. Greg's taught me how to drink like scotch, like a like, like a sir. sir. Like a <laughs> sir. And, uh, and you got to smell it more than you drink it. And, yeah, yeah. and I'll right. tell you, but it really does. It helps you understand it in your palate yeah. when you really get it and up in your sinuses. And that first pull is not going to be the true um, test of how that tastes. Uh, probably second or third, and then if you want to dilute that just a, a teeny little bit. But I think right here, this blend, and, and it, it's not a blend. It's pulling it. It's pulling it from the barrel. And the chef can probably speak to this because I didn't realize that in the food industry, uh, barrels are passed around and you age things and, Absolutely. you know, you age peppers and I didn't know you age peppers in barrels. And chefs Rodney, do a lot of crazy yeah, things, yeah, he, yeah. you know. Well, it, it, let me tell you a quick little story about this chef right here. Mm-hmm. The first time I met him, <laughs> he had a program where everyone came and put their own stuff or not their own, but. The, the club that they would buy them a barrel. So At Ravenna, yeah, you're going to do so, that again. So we, yeah. did, we did Barrel Age Manhattans, so we would sell a barrel uh, to a member. We would we would purchase the barrel for them. They would bring in Full their, of juice? No, no. They okay. would bring, they because of liquor laws, they would bring their liquor to us, okay. what they wanted in their barrel. Mm-hmm. We would create their own Manhattan for them, and then we would fill it their barrel, and they would take their barrel home. And uh, they could logo it however they wanted. Wow. Well, and, uh, and, and so the barrel, I'm telling you, you've got some fans here. Well, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, uh, this three-way in a Manhattan in old-fashioned, just crush it. Uh, so, right. Uh, talk to me, chef. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's, and actually gonna start. <laughs> we're, uh, you know, that's a part of why, why I'm here because we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, Greg and I were on the phone. and He says, he says, well, what, what do you got in your bar? And you know, I had, I went to my restaurant manager. and said, tell me all of the things that we're doing local, Colorado. Because I've been at Degree for five months, and I said, let's make this. Uh, we're we're a part of uh, Spring Hill Suites by Marriotts, so we have world we have you know national travelers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that want a Colorado experience. Absolutely. And then we also uh, I said, well, let's give them things that they can't get anywhere else. Of course. So I said, you know, give me a list of the things that we serve, and I got four pages, four papers here of um, just our 
just our tap stuff alone is amazing. The beers? The beers. beers. Um, Let's yeah. take two minutes, just rattle those off, and we'll get back to this because I right. want to make the pitch that Broken Arrow might. Right, so really quick, yeah, so so on our tap, we've got Scobbering uh, Buster. Ah, uh, loving you Buster, for that. Nut Brown Ale, the Four Noses Pump Action Pumpkin Ale. We have uh, the Prost Kolsch, River North Mountain, uh, Mountain Haze IPA. Of course, we're right by Tivoli, so we have to have Tivoli, uh, Tivoli Hellas Lager. And then uh, we have one of the last barrels of Fate Brewing watermelon. That's about seven. Right? Was it about seven? How many taps That's do you just, have? Um, uh, yeah, seven, six. And then uh, by the bottle, by the canner bottle, we've got you know uh, Denver Beer Company, Cerveceria uh, Company, Senior Pina and Venga, uh, River North White Ale. Uh, uh, we do Elevation Beer Company. Uh, I'm trying to read her handwriting here. Uh, Little Man Porter, uh, Stem Cider, uh, Wild Basin, Wild Basin Boozy Waters, and then uh, on the liquor side we do Golden Golden Moon Distillery Absinthe. Shout Lee's out to Steve at Golden Moon. Nice, Distillery. nice. Yeah. I appreciate that, Ron. Yeah, Lee Spirits, Creme de Violette, Breckenridge Bourbon, and then, of course, Stranahan's. And we're looking We to, can do more. We Yeah, we, we can, do, we more. can we do, more. do more. We got to get this because I'm, I'm trying to get Jeff, Jeff from Spice Trade to come in because we want to – I had told and introduced uh, my restaurant manager to the to the chai milk stout, and she's a huge fan. I'm like, we got to get that in and on tap, so – I love that. And, and again, we, you know, as we uh, grow as the Modern Eater Network and we want to introduce you some, to some more folks, I think you're going to hear a lot more collaboration awesome. going on with us. Let's take a break. And I want to come back. I love business, Ron. Um, I want to talk about the business of, uh, you know, just starting a distillery in general. And I know you're not the owner. Don't do it. Right. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you want to make a million dollars in, in the industry? Well, you know, here, you start I mean, with 10 million. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, but but when when your uh, when your whiskey comes to fruition and you're sitting on liquid gold and you've got some barrels behind you, I just want to kind of see what your model is and ask you a few questions of what's happening over there at Broken Arrow, if you don't mind. Okay. We'll take a quick uh, break. Come back. It's booze and news. All the booze news you can use right here on the Modern Eater Show. Coming up next, right here from Studio Kitchen, Colorado. You are listening to. The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Choose your path through Cyberland. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun photos and videos. Just search The Modern Eater or check out the website, themoderneater.com. Hey, Colorado chefs, Brian Freeman with Growers Organic and the Modern Eater Talk Show. Do you care about where your food comes from? I do. Do you want loyalty from customers who care about that as well? I can help by providing top quality organic produce with reliable delivery, knowledgeable sales team who genuinely care about how food is grown, transported, and served. Chefs, Growers Organic will ensure you have excellent ingredients for your next James Beard dinner, your nightly specials, or your regular menu items. Join the organic revolution and go organic with Growers Organic. Look us up online at growersorganic.com. Hey, chef friends, it's Little Rich here from Rockalitas Tortillas. Rockalitas, known for hyper-local, innovative, and healthy tortillas and chips, served by Colorado's top chefs, and that's why we only use Colorado Mills sunflower oil. If you, too, want to serve the healthiest, most vibrant-tasting foods, you must use Colorado Mills. Colorado Mills is hyper-local, 
Colorado-grown, cold-pressed in Lamar, Colorado. Whether you bake, fry, or saute, get your Colorado Mills today. Available through Shamrock, Growers Organic, and Don Foods. For the best oil in the business, use Colorado Mills. Back to the show in just a second, but before we do that, I want to talk to you about bread. And specifically, I want to talk to you about Aspen Baking Company bread. No preservatives, no artificial coloring, no chemicals in any of their stuff. And their stuff, they have a laundry list. Hoagies, focaccias, ciabattas, baguettes, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, pound cakes, coffee cakes. If you want a boxed lunch, they just started doing boxed lunches. And they just started doing boxed lunches with Rome's sausage also. So you, that, that's what we call a twofer. You get a great sandwich from Aspen Baking Company, and you get an awesome sausage in it with Rome sausage. If you're a bread lover like I am, aspenbaking.com is the website you want to remember. I'm going to say the website one more time, and then we'll be back to the show. So it's no preservatives, no artificial coloring, no artificial anything, no chemicals. It's aspenbaking.com. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a a chair and a a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. All the booze news you can use right here on the Modern Eater show. A cooler beer or how about a cooler of uh, nice old whiskey. Or it's a bourbon. I mean, but I'll tell you, this takes me back and we just run it. Let me. Tee it up for me, please. Tee it up for me, man. Ron Johnson here with us. I can't say your name without your last name, Ron Johnson. I got to tell you, that name, though, did you make that up? Did your mother give you that? Because that's almost like a a special kind of actor name. That's like... (laughs) I went to the Juilliard School for the Arts. (laughs) He's a great guy. And again, we love meeting new friends, and it's really cool to learn about your product. First of all, Broken Arrow, do you have a tasting room? We do. And right now, tasting hours are limited, uh, just Wednesdays, 4 to 7. But we're expanding the distillery. We're also going to be expanding the tasting room. Uh, so you'll see expanded hours. Uh, it'll be a real uh, Wait, Ron, tell me the address again. What, uh, where are you? We're, we're, so we're out in... Um, Centennial, Centennial, but where, where exactly? We're near Broncos and Jordan. I could give you the address, but uh, we're right near Broncos and Jordan. But if you go online... Um, you'll be able to just find us very Googling. easily. Yeah. 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 Okay. So like but University in Arapahoe or is that, is it further out south? Oh, it is definitely much further, further out, out south. east. Oh, out east. east. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So go down Arapahoe to Jordan. Oh, not yes, yes. On the other side of I-25 there. Okay. Parker Road. Yep. I got you. Okay. So nice. if you're a distillery in Colorado, we probably have met you. Probably. Yes. Maybe. And so it's great to catch up with you. How long have you been in business for? Current in our current form about three years, but they've been doing it for about five. Doing it for about five, yes. So three years, and here you are. What spirits are you building there? So we've got our flagship whiskey, uh, which you've uh, had earlier today. Uh, that's the one that uh, propels us for it. That's the one we build everything off of. Sure. Um, are you doing looking, vodka? Are you doing rum? Are we you are doing not gin? doing vodka and rum. Well, so right. there's a caveat to that. Yep. Um, we'll be bottling. Our three-way whiskey. Uh, we've actually got a Plumwood-aged whiskey as well um, that we'll be bottling on right at the same time we're doing our three-way. And then we've got our Honey Barrel-aged. So we talked about that apiary uh, a little so bit So not flavored, but almost infused. It's almost like I, an infused I call, kind I call of them barrel-influenced. Okay. Barrel-influenced. Yep. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because there's, there's nothing that we're putting inside of it. Right, good it's term. all from the wood. 
all from the woods. Uh, adjuncts, maybe, but uh, just pulling flavors from the wood is, is really Absolutely. what you're doing. Absolutely. And so now, you're taking a base whiskey mm-hmm. that you use throughout all of those processes. Uh, yeah, it's a, it'd be a little bit different from you know, time, but yeah. Really, our flagship is what we're, we're basing everything off of. And in answer to your earlier question, as we actually expand the distillery. Uh, and so in the expansion of the distillery, we'll be doing uh, some white goods. Uh, so we're going to bring in some uh, agave from Mexico. We're going to be doing a mezcal-type spirit. Obviously, we can't call it mezcal. Um, but uh, we'll also be doing rum and gin and perhaps a vodka. So right now, we're brown goods only. Uh, but within the next six months, we'll start barreling uh, and aging, uh, you know, in the case of rum, uh, uh, some spirits uh, as we expand. And then we'll be doing some gins and so on and so Chris? So just really quick, uh, just before the break, you were talking about what does it take to get become a distiller or to get into distillery. And I've actually something I've looked into being a chef for 26 years. I'm like, what's my next my next gig? And am I going to make salsa and jam, or do I want to make something that I'd be fun making? <laughs> you tell me. Right? Come on, chef. So, but meeting people like Amber Strohar or Strohar Farms, yeah, I'm like, what, you're going to make vodka. What do you do with potatoes? Coals? What do you do with yes. coals? Potatoes, right? What kind of flavor profile can you get from a purple potato? So these are things that go in my head at three in the morning. Yeah. Right. How do I take um, food, and make it booze? Right. <laughs> How do I right. ferment something? So as as he said, you know, if you you want to make a million being a distiller start with 10 million because most distillers are probably in what i read were are successful only after 10 years tito's tito's vodka was uh, a 20 plus year success story so well it gives, yeah. gives you an idea of what it actually takes for the person to go like well this guy's making booze i can make booze too it's not that simple yeah. but i would right? love to see someone like you in, in a progressive place like this Sure. Do yeah, some your, kind of collaboration. What's the yeah. end game with uh, Broken Arrow? The end game is riding off in the sunset. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got absolutely no intention on selling at all. And we've taken the actually the, the opposite approach from what you see from a lot of distillers. A lot of distillers will make white goods first. Right. Because it's easy. Yeah. You make it. You throw it in the bottle. Yeah. You try and get it on the shelves and get it in the restaurant. Well, yeah. you're, you're, getting, you're generating revenue to while, you, while your other yeah. product's sitting. This is... Your product that's aging, that's going to be your, your high-end thing. You know thing. it, man. It's Absolutely. the same as a cattle rancher, right? Raising, raising, raising cattle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have money invested in this, and I have to have an end result over a certain amount of time. Aged products, same thing. So they go to the they go to the white liquors that they can produce quickly and put out and get on the market to it, generate revenue. It's a commodity. Once, right. once this is made and it's bottled up and you have whiskey, it's going to sell. Right. It truly is. Right. But that, if if the point is getting there. I was with uh, the Colorado Distillers sure. Girl this morning. We were up in Breckenridge um, and just kind of talking about it. And one of the things we were talking about was tax. Uh-huh. So we put... Was Sean Smiley up there? He was not. He wasn't. I was like, come on, Sean. Beautiful Sean Smiley. (laughs) Yes. Um, And you put it in a barrel. It's 53 gallons. By the time you get it out, at least 47. At least to the, yeah, it's about 40, uh, it's about 40 gallons. Yeah. And so you've lost, not only have you waited that amount of time, you've got to store somewhere, Mm -hmm. but now you've lost all of that potential revenue. Yeah. And so it's a long game. Don't right. think that it you, you're just going to you know, walk on in and, you know. Is that what you guys are in for? 
the long game? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. please yeah, tell no, me that. Yeah, That's yeah, there, what I there's love. absolutely no intent to sell this thing. Yeah, and I, which I is interesting be because not. a lot of people, and he's unapologetic about it, but Michael Myers from 291 Distillery, he's forced staving into small barrels, and sure. he's trying to make this as, as bold as you possibly can in oh, a short amount of time. And they're winning awards left and right all over the nation. I mean, truly, um, these guys are doing it, but you have people like Sean Smiley will be like, I'm a purist. I want you to suffer. I don't want any. And then the block distilling company is doing the same thing. They're trying to sell their gin and vodka while they're holding on in order to sell the whiskey. And they got Bear Creek. I mean, these guys are all doing different models, and which is it's disrupted right now. But you guys are doing something with these different kind of, and you called them pulled flavors. I, or, I call it barrel influence. Barrel influence. It's yeah. really great. And I think that there's the, this category uh, needs people like you that are thinking outside the box? Well, like I said, I mean, if you look at someone like, you know, it's still like 291, they are big. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you when you take anything from the 291 distillery, it, it's big. It's got meat. It's got yeah, shoulders. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, we're on the opposite side of that. We're a softer, kinder, gentler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell, well, and, and I'm not yeah. saying one, one is not better than the other. What are you in? What what do you, sure. what do you want that night? Well, it's a it's yeah. called a, right I would now. say approachable, Ron. Yeah, I, that's where my head Great goes word. is with this is because I think you have something that's more. Listen, I I I have been in Colorado for a long time. This guy's a native. The reality is, is someone like Stranahan's, which you would, you know, you'd want to get behind. One of our first like whiskey guys. But I'll tell you, that stuff is so hot. And that's what I call it. It's too hot to, like, I don't want to have a. Too hot to have. Well, now you got that little uh, tequila belly. That you're I do, trying sweetheart. You know to, me. To you know that me. Little tequila belly. <laughs> One minute, Ron. Okay, sure. this is the elevator speech. Why are you going to come and either buy? I'm assuming maybe Argonaut. You're available at. Where are you available yeah, at? Yeah, absolutely, Argonaut. Argonaut. Yeah. Okay, so given the elevator speech of, like, why give us a shot? There's so many varieties out there. Branch and Barrel is a thousand percent Colorado. Um, everything that we get. Uh, it comes from Colorado when we buy any juice. When we're done with the mash bill, it goes back out to local ranches, and we feed cattle and hogs off of those local ranches. Um, we're an approachable whiskey. We're doing things that other folks in the whiskey industry are not doing. Uh, and that's our shtick, but it's a real freaking shtick. Uh, and <clears throat> when you buy a bottle of Ranch and Barrel, um, you'll take it home, you'll enjoy You'll come back the next time to get a bottle of Branch and Barrel. And finally, we're not trying to be stratospheric in our in our pricing. You'll find us on the shelf from anywhere from $39.99 to $49.99, depending on your store. I don't want to cuff you up, but I have to thank you. And Ron Johnson, Absolutely. Broken Area Distillery. Go give it a shot. You can see it by name. Branch and Barrel. Brian. Thank you so much, Jay Parker and George and Don back at the board, Chris Moore, everybody involved. We'll see you next week on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.